Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. And by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Louisiana, with information about health care reform tax credits, health insurance options, a checklist, and answers to frequently asked questions at bcbsla.com reform. Additional support provided by Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, LLC. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Great to have you along for Out to Lunch. Do you notice how many times already in less than a minute you've heard the show's title, Out to Lunch? Well, the common wisdom in branding is to keep your name out there as often as, and as predominantly as possible. Even if you're not likely to forget a McDonald's or Coca-Cola, big companies spend millions to keep their products in front of you. Like Riley Foods. Uh, are you saying Riley Foods? Uh, Never heard of them. Well, this week I've been telling folks my guest on Out to Lunch, hey, slip the name in there again, is the CEO and president of Riley Foods. Few people I've spoken to seem to have heard of Riley Foods, yet many of them, maybe like you and certainly like me, have a Riley Foods product in their kitchen. Louisiane tea and coffee, French market coffee, CDM coffee, Blue Plate mayonnaise, uh, to name just a few. Uh, David Dara is Riley's CEO and president. Uh, David, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you very much, Peter. Well, I know where I see your name uh, five days a week because when I work out at the uh, gym at Tulane, I see the, That's the right. Riley that Center. That's right. That is from uh, from the Riley family. Yes, that very, was a very very philanthropic. Yes, very much. And and I am I am actually quite buff. You might, yeah, but I, it's radio, and so we can <laughs> never really really confirm this one way or the other. <laughs> it's, uh, now Riley Foods has been around since 1902, but my other guest started his local food company uh, 110 years later in 2012. Your nutrition delivered is personalized, healthy, tasty meals prepared by professional chefs and delivered to you in 2013 in a city teeming with entrepreneurs. Your nutrition delivered won first place and $50,000 in the Idea Village's Big Idea competition. So things are off to a fast start. The company's founder and CEO, Eric Frank, is here. Um, Eric, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me, Peter, and I can vouch that you are very buff. Oh, good, good, good. They, and that is says something because you are a former power lifter that lifted 462 pounds on a bench press. I, I did some powerlifting in my time. My career culminated in 2010 when I won the American Powerlifting National Championship, and my wife told me I had to retire immediately because I was uh, getting a little chubby for her liking. Wow, because we are actually going to have a little wrestling thing later, and this is going to be terrific. Uh, Great. This, uh, now, David, even though Riley Foods may not be a household name to many New Orleanians, who have your products in their households, it would seem by bringing you on board in 2006, the company has big plans. Before you joined Riley, you were instrumental in building the Zatarans brand and ultimately selling it to McCormick and Company uh, for a reported $180 million. Uh, prior to that, you headed up product development for Snack Foods Hot Pockets. I love that song, Hot Pockets. That sold to Nestle for $2.6 billion. What's the big picture over at Riley Foods? Well, it, it's really focusing in on, on, the, on the core products within, as you relayed, a pretty extensive portfolio. Um, we, we span a lot of different aisles within the grocery store, from hot sauce to cake flour and brownie mixes to coffee and tea. And so it's really a function of 
uh, bringing some, uh, some deeper strategic thinking to how to expand on that portfolio. And quite frankly, a lot of it is, uh, given the fact that like any, anyone, we have limited resources, it's really segmenting the business to understand what are the items that have the, the, the best long-term potential for us and how can we build around that uh, both geographically and through uh, innovation of the product themselves. And you mentioned geographically, you've just made the biggest acquisition of the company's history. What was that? That's right. Uh, New England Tea and Coffee Company out of uh, Malden, Mass, just outside of Boston. So we just completed that acquisition at the end of December. Uh, very proud to have them come on board. It's another multi-generational family-owned business, so we have a lot of shared values. And as a matter of fact, right after the show, I'm flying up to Boston to spend a little bit of time with, uh, with our new partners. Enjoy the Pats game. Yes. There's a, there's <laughs> a, there's a now, Eric, we talked about your nutrition delivered on the Pay It Forward segment uh, of an earlier show, and at that time, you were considering changing the focus of your business from delivering healthy meals to individual customers to delivering to companies. So you were saying that these companies uh, could make savings on health insurance for their employees by providing your meals as part of a preventative care uh, provisions under the new health care system. Where are you on all that? Well, I've been in the health and wellness field for over a decade, working as a personal trainer, a nutritionist, and a gym manager. And in 2008, I started a corporate wellness consulting practice where I would work with insurance companies, with companies trying to start corporate wellness policies and procedures. And so I would help companies implement implement the procedures in. And this was in the very beginning of healthcare reform. So this is long before companies got credit for doing something Absolutely, like just when they wanted to do it because it was the right thing to do and knowing that it was on the horizon that they were going to get credit. So I would help companies implement these policies and what I quickly found out is the, the employees that had the best results, the most success, were about the 10 to 15% that followed the diet guidelines that I would give to them. So I said, well, you know, something's wrong here that the people can't get access to healthy food. They don't know what to eat. They don't know when to eat it. How can I fix this and make it 50, 60% of the people getting the good results? So that's when the, the concept of Your Nutrition Delivered first came about. We always wanted to have it in companies for employees, but we had to prove our concept out on the streets with individuals, getting people to get good results before we could come to companies like the Times-Picayune and Latrum and Toro and Children's Hospital and say, this is what we're doing and it works, trust us. Great, and this is where you're going to go forward. I mean, this is a- Absolutely. That's, that's, that's terrific. You know what I got to say, David, you, you were a- um, Biochemistry and English lit major, and I, I always admire that. You, you've been yeah. able. We threw in an MBA, yeah, two, but uh, I mean, yeah, two sides of the brain. I don't know yeah. if they're if they're both in sync, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> it's kind of an interesting. You find double yourself major. using your English lit background a lot. Um, maybe the back of packaging or anything. Well, like uh, I'll let you be the judge after this interview. <laughs> <laughs> but is that you know, David? Are there other companies like yours? You know, I picture you kind of like a, a mini General Foods or something like that. Are there yeah. other players like you? Uh, th there are. Um, you know, it is interesting because when you, when you consider the just the uh, variety of products in our portfolio. I mean, one may uh, perceive it as a little schizophrenic uh, because we, we haven't made up our mind on any one particular category, but it really is almost like a, a mutual fund of, of brands. And uh, clearly at 110 years and, and going strong, uh, there's been a lot of success in that formula. I would say a, a very uh, close uh, example would be a B&G Foods. Uh, they are publicly traded. Uh, they're out of New Jersey. 
and they have also uh, built their business by compiling a whole host of brands in disparate categories. And the acquisition going forward, I know this is going to take a while to digest uh, this New England coffee and tea, yes. but I mean, that's how you plan to build the company going forward? We do. Our, our style is to kind of uh, buy and hold, if you will, going back to that mutual fund analogy. Um, we clearly found them attractive or we would not have sought them out. And so the last thing that we want to do is try to be a hero and come in and, and try to realize a bunch of synergies, which we know are there. Uh, but we like the people, we like their work ethic, we like their plan, we like what they've executed thus far and, and, and what their uh, thoughts are uh, for, for the future. And so we want to be of assistance, uh, we want to be supportive, we don't want to be disruptive. And so uh, when it comes to acquisitions, they're probably the riskiest thing that we do uh, in a line of, of many risky things. But to have a successful integration of an acquisition is just fraught with peril. And so we found that the successful model is to buy, uh, understand over time what the individual strengths are of the companies and brands, uh, and then maximize on those over time. So we're not trying to rush into anything and uh, consolidate any major portions of the businesses. And obviously being privately held, we, we have that to our advantage to do that. We really do. You know, we, at, at Tulane, we follow all these publicly traded companies, and there's some real disadvantages to being public. Yes. You've got to manage your business for every three months, and you're not yeah. under that. Which That's is, right. Which is great. Now, now, Eric, you sent me a great video of a... Uh, I guess I called it kind of like a giant mini bar from a hotel, but what do you, what do you call it? We, we call them fresh coolers, and they're our new concept. There's currently 10 in the country. We're operating three. We have the technology licensed for Louisiana, and it gives employees the access to healthy, fresh food 24 hours a day just by swiping their credit card or their employee ID badge. And the beauty of the technology is it allows for subsidy programs, which means that a company can say, you're diabetic, we want you to eat diabetic-friendly meals because we know what it'll do to our health insurance premiums. We'll pay for 50% of the cost of a meal if you make the right decision. So the employee swipes his card, it takes 50% out of his account, it takes 50% out of the employer's account, and they're rewarded for doing the right thing. So there's a, there's a strong ROI there where the company can know my money is going to a good place because it's truthfully making my employees healthier. And you'd put uh, one of these in uh, all of these big customers you were talking about? Sure. So we, we target companies with 150 or more employees, but if there's a company with less employees, we'll look at it, we'll survey, and we'll see what's the need. Um, can, can, is there enough business there to sustain the machine? Um, we see law firms like your sponsor, Jones Walker, as yep. being a great target. If they can keep a lawyer in-house working for an extra 20 or 30 instead minutes of going out a day, instead of going out, the law firm's going to make a lot of money. So for them, we think it's worth it to buy the cooler, have it in, we'll service it. Their employees are eating better, and they're keeping their butts in their seats working for longer periods <laughs> of the day. So you guys are both in the food business. Did you, did you know each other before the show? We do. Yes. We do. David is the chairman of the board of the Idea Village, and um, Your Nutrition Delivered would not be anywhere it is today without the help and guidance of the Idea Village. Tim over there um, is doing more things for this city than, than people realize, and the board is tremendous. And the support and help that we've gotten out of the Idea Village um, is, is too much to even, to even name it. It's been so, so wonderful. And, you know, I meant that with the congratulations because um, you were going up against some 
some pretty terrific ideas there. We were going up against coastal restoration and education for kids. Two things people are th- <laughs> people think are important. Two I things know. people <laughs> like these days. <laughs> so it was a it was a great win um, to win the big idea. Those poor kids. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel bad for the kids on the shore, but congratulations. Thank there's you. A, Thank you. <laughs> Now, David, you've um, you've worked for big, big companies and and uh, private companies. What, what's what's the difference? Do you do you feel um, you have an advantage or disadvantage? Uh, I think there's an advantage to being with a privately held uh, firm, and I've been with uh, uh, several styles of privately held firms. One uh, VC backed, and, and one family owned or privately held. So this was um, a kind of big, some venture capital money behind yeah, yeah behind some other um, some other entities. I, I enjoy this environment. You, you have the benefits of being family-owned and all that you think would come with it. However, um, we really operate as though we're under public scrutiny. And so we really do uh, uh, discipline ourselves to, uh, to manage the business the right way. Uh, and, uh, but we, we still enjoy the benefits of being family-owned. And, uh, and your products are an institution here, so there's a... Uh now we're going to, I'm going to do something we do in the show we call the checklist. We just ask you a couple of random questions that you probably wouldn't find on a, on a loan application. So I'll start with, uh, start with Eric. Uh, when you, I know when you're in the early stages of a business, you get a lot of ups and downs. What's your strategy for coping when things go wrong? A great wife. All right. So you'd recommend that. A- absolutely. Okay. Our great partner, whatever floats yep. your boat. Yep. Um, and a strong uh, board, strong advisory board that um, it's people that I trust that I can go to with issues, problems. Um, we have a banker on the board. We have, we have multiple people with, with high levels and, and other professions that are great sounding board for me that I can come to with problems. They've all been through things before and really point me in the right direction. Um, and having the idea village to always turn to and ask for support and ask for help has, has been a true godsend. Did you, uh, how did you assemble that group? Was it little by little or? Um, it was through investors. It was through people that I respected. Um, you know, John Devney, who I know you know, sure, is yep. on our board of directors. He he's, has a strong PR field, so he preps me for when we do things like this or when we have to give interviews. Um, we have a banker, uh, Buddy Butler, who's the former president of Regents Bank, is on our board, helps us when we need to go to the bank and ask for anything. So we tried to take um, strong people from different positions in a single strong team, and I kind of quarterback that team to the future. So those things that you may not have come to the table with. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I try to surround myself with people that are far smarter than me. <laughs> they don't have to lift more than you, though. Well, they, 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 they probably won't do that, but <laughs> they're definitely smarter. <laughs> now, uh, Dave, what's the best career advice that you've ever been given? I, I would say it's to follow your values. You know, I think oftentimes, um, uh, I know some folks, their, their eyes will glaze over uh, when, when they start uh, hearing things that are sort of warm and fuzzy, but I think really dialing into what our values are is really important. Um, we all have them, and just like uh, individuals have them, companies have values. And so really understanding what those are and following them and not um, uh, and not making any exceptions uh, to those values I think are really important. I think a lot of companies make mistakes when, in, in, particularly in the hiring process, when they hire for skill and they don't have any consideration for someone's values. I mean, today's technology and, and a lot of the online assessments, you really can determine 
how someone is going to behave in a variety of different situations. And so certainly when we recruit, we focus on values first and on skills second. Uh, clearly we would want to find an individual who is a great match on both, uh, but given uh, the alternative, we would go for values every time because you can train skill, but you can't train values. And so one piece of advice that I got that I, um, that I still work with today is uh, always follow my values, always surround myself with people who share those values. Good advice. Uh we're going to check the inbox now, and that's where our producer picks a question that's come in over the past uh, week from a listener. Uh, Grant, what have you got? Well, strangely, this question is related to what you've just been talking about, David. It's a question about being a boss. It's from Gravity Trails. came to us on Twitter, and Gravity Trails asks, how do I get my employees to do the challenging work when they just want to do the fun work? <coughs> I would say, and again, I'm going to the soft stuff, but I really do believe deeply in the impact that it has on the company, and that is understand your purpose. Um, it sort of goes hand in hand with values, but this is a little different in the sense that every company should identify what their higher purpose is. I'll give an example. Disney, for example. Um, you know, if, you, if you challenge them as to what their higher purpose is, they would tell you it's to make people happy. Well, that's pretty amorphous and hard to pin down, but they further refine that by being in the business of retaining a sense of childhood and everyone. They further refine that by um, accomplishing that through theme parks, uh, movies, merchandise, cruise ships. <clears throat> and so they have a higher purpose. And so employees have a common language and they fully understand what their, what their higher purpose is. And so there's no question when they wake up in the morning what they're going, what they're going to work to ultimately accomplish. And it, it just feels good in the tummy. So for us, <clears throat> given the products that we have, whether it's a cup of coffee with a neighbor or a bowl of chili uh, at a Super Bowl party or our mayonnaise in a church picnic's potato salad, it's all about bringing family and friends together. And so our higher purpose is bringing family and friends together, um, and we do that through uh, food products that, that are wholesome and, uh, and refreshing. And so I would encourage anyone who's having difficulty is find that, find that higher purpose, communicate it effectively to your employees so everyone has a shared language and also a rallying point uh, to get excited about. Now that chili at the church uh, supper would be uh, with followers. Or <laughs> Carol Shelby. Okay, that's right. Brands, you're dueling. You're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Erica, would we ask you the, um, just ask you this, the same question. Just you've, you've got, how many folks do you have over there? We have 13 employees now, and when we started with the Idea Village, we had four. So we've grown uh, close to four times in, in just a year and a half. And uh, how, how are you finding the people? Um, through a few different ways. Our kitchen staff, we try to work with Cafe Reconcile and get graduates of their program. And they, do, they have a great program that they run over there. And touching on what David talked about with company values, we try to motivate our employees through our company values. And when we want them to do something or we teach something, we teach it through our company values. We talk about which one of the, our values does this represent and how are we going to go about it maintaining our, our moral compass and our values. And we're a young company, um, so I know that David probably inherited the company values of Riley. We had to come up with our company values. And what I had, what I had each employee do was write down three values that were important to them. 
we all got together at a, in our annual planning retreat, talked about them, vetted each one, talked about how they relate to our company, and we came up with six company values based on the entire company's thoughts and belief system, not just what I think should be an important company value. It's been a lot easier to teach through the company values because they came from the employees themselves. A lot better buy-in, yeah, Absolutely. that's for sure. David Dara, Eric Frank, as CEO of one of New Orleans' oldest and one of our newest food companies, you're both part of a long tradition and a changing landscape. The coming 12 months are going to be very interesting for both of you. Thanks so much for joining me today on Out to Lunch. Thanks for having us, Peter. Thank, Thank you, Peter. Thanks, guys. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been David Dara, President and CEO of Riley Foods, and Eric Frank, CEO of Your Nutrition Delivered. To find out more about David's teas, coffees, mayo, and more, in Eric's plates of tasty wellness, follow the links on our websites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Chris Keogh. The heart-healthy Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can get the show as a podcast, and you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our website, itsneworleans.com and www.no.org. Support for Out to Lunch comes from PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes Studio One music production software, Studio Live digital mixing consoles, Harris Studio monitors, and more. More information about Baton Rouge-based PreSonus is online at presonus.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting and WWNO for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Rashidi. I look forward to meeting you again next week for Out to Lunch around the table here at Commander's Palace. Till then, be well, be safe, be happy. Bye-bye. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, and Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana. Additional support comes from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, LLC.